Now, Ukraine's President Zelensky has told the BBC he believes his country will have F-16 fighter aircraft in action in six to seven months' time. In a wide-ranging interview, he told the BBC's Yalda Hakim that training on the F-16s will start in the summer. He also admitted it was difficult to measure the success of his country's counter-offensive against Russia. President Zelensky, thank you so much uh, for your time. I'd like to begin by asking you about the counteroffensive. How is it going? Not everything is easy. There are certain difficulties because, first of all, our land is mined. We would definitely like to make bigger steps that are a bit smaller than we want. But nevertheless, those who fight shall win, and to those who knock, the door shall be opened. That's why, by all means, we have confidence in the success of the counter-offensive actions. Well, Ukraine, uh, your deputy defense minister, has admitted that it will be difficult to win back uh, land in this counteroffensive. No counteroffensive operation can be easy. It's not easy, first of all, for those currently on the front line. Last autumn we took counteroffensive actions too, and it seemed like the process was too slow. But then the moment came when everybody saw how quickly we began to advance. The same thing will happen here. I mean, Russia has done everything in its power to, to stop this offensive. Every day Russia brings atrocious tragedies to our land. Sometimes it seems to me that they don't care in general, whether it's the military or the civilian population. The fact that they are ready to commit horrors, cause great suffering and man-made disasters on a large scale, it is crystal clear. The Americans have made clear how they measure the success of this. They want you to make as many gains on the battlefield so that you're in a stronger position when you get to the negotiating table. For us, it's very important to move forward because we have to motivate not only our army but also our Western allies. Aid can be slowed down or stepped up. To be honest, aid depends on us moving forward. A lot of things depend on that. But for me, the most important success of our offensive lies in motivating people. Mr. President, are you feeling the pressure from your partners that they expect results and results quickly? Some want it and expect it very much. Some want some sort of a Hollywood movie, but things don't really happen that way. The Americans say that they will stay with Ukraine till the very end. Do you believe them? Is there any other option? We believe them because on the one hand they are our partners. On the other hand, we need to understand that we have to count on ourselves. Well, let's just look at some of the things you need. The F-16s, for example, the US officials uh, are now saying it could take months uh, for Ukraine uh, to get those F-16s. There are certain bureaucratic things that I, unfortunately, can't and am not willing to understand because we are at war and we need to get things done quickly. The price is time. Time means lives. I believe that we will start the training period this summer as well. We will certainly continue to put pressure to bring the dates forward, but I believe it can be August. After this training begins, we want to believe that in six or seven months we will have our first planes.
Mr. President, I also uh, want your uh, reaction to the Ukraine recovery conference uh, in the UK. Uh, just your message to that conference. Huge thanks to the Prime Minister, to the government, to the businesses of the UK and all the people for their support. Part of such support, I'd just say, not to recovery, but transformation of Ukraine. And therefore, anti-corruption reform, which is very important, to work on judiciary reform, to work with our partners, to make Ukraine attractive for investment after the war. That's what we need. Ukraine will be different, transformed. The only thing that will not change is the strength of our people. And you can watch Elder Hakim's interview with President Zelensky in full here on the BBC News Channel at 5 o'clock BST on Wednesday. Political and business leaders from across the world are gathering in London today to discuss ways of rebuilding Ukraine during and after its war with Russia. Estimates of the cost already exceed more than $400 billion. Britain will offer almost $3 billion in World Bank loan guarantees. Well, we can now cross live to our diplomatic correspondent, James Landale. James, tell us a little bit more about this conference today. Well, this conference is really about two things, really. The big picture is it just wants to... The, the, it's a sign of the Western world sending a signal to Moscow that it is committed to the long-term financial and economic uh, future of Ukraine. In other words, there's military support. We'll hear a lot more from that at the NATO summit uh, next month. But today, uh, the next two days, this is a signal from the West saying to, the, to Russia particularly, look, we're in this for the long term. That's the big picture. The more micro picture is a very technical question of how on earth can the West help begin the process of reconstructing Ukraine even while the war is taking place? In other words, how can you get private investment, because the, the sums are so large, it can't just be done by governments. How can you get private investment into Ukraine to start rebuilding roads, rebuilding bridges? when the risks are high, because frankly, at the moment, no businessman in their right mind would invest in Ukraine if there's a risk that their staff might get killed, if there's a risk that what they build gets destroyed by a Russian missile, or if there's a risk that the investment uh, is, you know, trousered by a corrupt Ukrainian official. So all of those issues are what's at stake here today. Lots of people here, the prime minister, there are other Western prime ministers and foreign ministers, hundreds of business people, all of them trying to grapple with those issues so they can start the process of, of ensuring and protecting Ukraine's economy now and not just waiting till the end of the conflict. You talk about all the challenges of rebuilding. I mean, as the war continues, that price tag just keeps going up. I mean, we had the damage to the Novokakovka Dam only a couple of weeks ago, James. So the estimate now is around $400 billion. It's just going to get higher and higher. Yeah, I mean, that, that figure is just for the first year of the conflict, as an estimate produced by the United Nations and the World Bank. So that's just the first year. We're well into the second year. And as you say, there's a huge amount of destruction taking place now. And I'm, I've just come back from Ukraine. It's fascinating when you're driving around. You do see an awful lot of reconstruction happening already. A lot of the bridges are being repaired. And they're not just being, you know, 
shored up with prefab stuff. They've been rebuilt properly, but that is going to cost money. There's a huge amount of industrial waste uh, to be removed. Buildings that have been destroyed, um, a huge amount of pollution. Uh, you've got a lot of mines to be cleared before you can go in and start reconstructing things. So it's a huge, huge task. People talk about the Marshall Plan, which was obviously the big American investment in Europe after the Second World War. But people who've looked at the numbers say that actually what's required here is three or four times what was actually given in the Marshall Plan back in the 1940s. So it's a huge, huge task. In other words, the West saying, look, we're not just committed to the military uh, future of Ukraine. We've got to be committed to the economic future because if they wait until the end of the conflict, the assumption is that Ukraine's economy would just be too weak and potentially could undermine the future security of the state in the long run. So that's the, the sort of the less altruistic side of this. It is in the interests of the West for Ukraine to stay a strong economy regardless of how this war ends eventually. James Landell, our diplomatic correspondent. Thanks very much for now.